Hey, welcome to Sunday Morning with Greer Church Without Walls. My name is Jonathan Wagner, and I will be sharing today, along with anybody who happens to be here with us, uh, feel free to uh, listen after the end of the service. I'm going to tell a brief story of how the uh, Greer Church Without Walls started and, uh, you know, where we are today and, and why we, we do this. So uh, here, moving on, um, just uh, let you know we have uh, Anchor Podcast is the, the tool that I use, and, and Anchor is free. Uh, they'll find you, uh, you know, sponsors. If, if there's anybody that matches sponsoring, um, they offer tools and a tool set that are fantastic for... Uh, uh, you know, recording your podcast, uh, or you can upload from a you know a, a you know, better tools. Uh, oftentimes, I just use my phone, which the quality isn't as best as as good as it could be, but the uh, but the ease is very simple and straightforward. So check out Anchor.fm if you uh, think you want to start a podcast, and uh, well, you know, have a great day. Lord, we thank you and praise you and bless you. We lift up your name. You're worthy of praise and glory and honor. Jesus, I ask you to help us to get to the right words, the right points, the right information, whatever, um, so that whoever hears this whenever will hear what, what you want them to hear, Lord. And so we'll hear what you want us to hear. Mm. We thank you and praise you and bless you. Amen. Um, I was thinking about when Moses was, you know, out and came across the burning bush and, you know, God told him who he was and he said, all right, you're going to do this. And, he, and Moses is like, uh, I, I can't talk so good and, uh, uh, sure you want to send me and you know basically he was making a lot of excuses because you know and, and he probably did stammer and you know it's kind of funny somebody who spent the first 40 years of his life as royalty yeah you know but then spending the next 40 years just talking to sheep you know might might affect you affect you just a little bit so he uh God said, all right, Aaron's looking for you, so when you get back there, you do that. He said, but first, he said, what's that in your hand? I thought that was kind of interesting. Why did God ask him, what's that in your hand? You know, didn't God know what was in his hand? Clearly he did, but Moses didn't know what was in his hand. Moses was like, it's just a stick. And he's like, throw it down. Throws it down. Turns into a big snake. Moses freaks out. God says, stop, stop. Pick it up by the tail. Picks it up, turns it back into a stick. Like, it's pretty trippy. What's in that bush that's burning? <laughs> I'm freaking out a little bit here. 
Moses and God said, all right, put your hand inside your, your shirt. And he did. It's like magic tricks. Up close and personal magic tricks. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, pull it out. And it was like completely covered with leprosy, which would be kind of gross. Yeah, it's like, it's like if you've if you've ever soaked your fingers in in the bathtub for too long and they got all wrinkly and white and that's what his whole hand looked like, and it's like, uh, he said, put it back in your shirt. Which at that point, Mo, I'm sure Moses is like, I don't want that thing anywhere near me. Cut it off, but he did pulled it out and it was normal again. God said, all right, so that's, you know, and Moses said, well, but I can't talk so good. What if they won't believe me? He said, show them what I just, just do that. I just showed you what to do. He's like, all right. And then, uh, goes on, yeah. But as I was looking at that, I got to thinking there's a place where Right after that, it talks about, and it's kind of unclear, and it talks about they're at a way, at a waypoint, or an inn, you know, rest area, whatever. God tried to kill him. Now, God, they'd just been talking about Egypt's firstborn son, and you know, and so there's confusion as to whether God was talking about killing Egypt's firstborn son, but. It really sounds like God's trying to kill Moses, and the NIV translation actually puts Moses' name in there, and then his wife cuts the foreskin off of their firstborn son and throws it at God's feet, and and then he stops, and it's like a whole bunch of confusion, and you know, I read several theories about you know what it could mean, whatever, but that got to me to thinking, you know, God got angry frustrated and so that's where we really get into where the message is you know how many times the in the old testament does it talk about god being angry now there were times when he was angry with people that were coming in to attack his chosen ones and nobody intervened and wiped them out there were times that he was angry with the children of israel because they were obstinate, stiff-necked, stupid, idiotic, just a bunch of, you know, stiff-necked people walking around thinking that they could do better, complaining, whining, griping. And he was just like, Moses, I'm just going to wipe them out, and your children can, you know, that that'd still be true to, to Abraham. You're a child of Abraham. They're children of Abraham. I'm just going to wipe out all these other people. <laughs> and Moses is like, nit, 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 fit. Just, hold on. Just, just, just hold on. Hold. What about... And what would, you know, what would all these other nations say? And, and what would Pharaoh say if you wiped out, if, you know... What would Egypt think if you brought all the children of Israel out here and just wiped them out? You know, Moses was using all these human arguments on God. And they worked. Hmm. Anger is an indication that something is wrong. 
it's not an indication that whoever's angry has completely lost it and, you know, they they have no reconciliation with God. There is not a point that, you know, you, know, you can't be angry. You know, it says be angry and sin not. I can't remember where exactly, but, you know, it talks about that. But in the Bible, but the... Uh, but God got angry with the children of Israel. And Moses, it says they talked face to face. They talked like best friends. You know, God considered Moses his friend. Moses wasn't perfect. And even after Moses messed up to, to where he wasn't going to be able to go into the promised land, God still talked to him regularly. It wasn't like he just said, oh, you messed up. I'm not ever talking to you again. No, he talked to him. And Moses talked God out of acting on his anger several times. Mm -hmm. So the point is, you know, there's lots of times where in the Old Testament where God was angry and people repented and he changed his ways. And he was angry and people didn't repent and he like sent in the swarms or he sent in other nations to wipe, you know, take them out or, you know, take them to the far reaches of the earth or whatever. Um, I mean, you think of Nineveh. Yeah, this or in the story of Jonah, God told Jonah, you know, go to Nineveh and tell them that you know they've got a limited time to repent, or I'm gonna wipe them off the face of the earth. And Jonah's like, nope, not gonna do it. You know, kind of funny because you know Jonah complained at the end of the book about, oh, I know, you know, at the beginning and and at the end, he was complaining. He was a whiner. Um, but he complained about, you know, if I go and tell them, then they'll just repent and you'll forgive them. They don't deserve forgiveness. Which is a different sermon all in and of itself. We'll come to some point in time. But what Jonah didn't realize was the very act of trying to get away from doing what God wanted him to do put him in a situation that terrified the living daylights out of the Ninevites to the point that they were like, we'll repent. Somebody's been in digestive juices for three days. Talk about, you know, looking white and wrinkly. Somebody's been inside the belly, the stomach of a fish, you know, probably a basking shark for three days. And then comes walking up on shore and says, repent. <laughs> You'll be like, yes, whatever. <laughs> They were like sackcloth and ashes for everybody, including the animals. <laughs> we're all repenting. And they did, and God, and they turned around, you know, at least for that time frame, time being. And of course, Jonah whined about it. <laughs> Not the story there. But the point is, God was angry at Nineveh. They did horrible things. They were child they they regularly they believed that you had to take your firstborn child after you were married and bury them alive underneath of the doorstep mm 
in order to get the blessing of, I think it was, I can't remember the name of the, the God that they worship right now, but, but that's just what that God, you know, their God, quote unquote, required that they do that. So, I mean, and God abhors that. But they repented. And God's like, all right, I forgive you. The point is, we can talk, Is we have to be clear with God. Now, even Moses wasn't always clear with God. David wasn't always clear with God. Um... Jonah wasn't clear with God. Well, Jonah Jonah was not clear with God at all. And he didn't con- he didn't convince God to do what he wanted him to do. He con- you know, Abraham wasn't always clear with God, but he convinced him to spare a little bit to send some help for Lot. You know, um, we can talk to God. And say, God, I know you're angry about this. But don't destroy him. Show your love. Show the, you know, what can happen when people repent. Change their hearts so that they can come to you. And then you, they, you know, they won't be lost to you forever. Mm Mm-hmm. And God will listen to that. Whether it's about an individual or about a nation or, you know, anything in between. And we are ourselves owe so much to God because of that that we we need we owe it to ourselves to do that. And I've had a hard time with that in the past, um, you know, with what part of what I do for my job. You know, part of you know, that tool that I've developed that tracks down bad people that want to do bad things to kids. And, you know, doesn't track them down, but identifies them trying to get into our, to, to our kids. And there for a long time, it made me very angry. And I didn't know how to rectify it or to justify that within myself. I mean, I knew the anger was just a sign that there was something wrong. I was like, yeah, there's something wrong. It's obvious. They're still functioning and shouldn't be. Um, but then God helped me to realize, no, yes, I can be angry. I have to do everything I can to make to put up obstacles to stop them from accomplishing nefarious goals. But I also have to show them the love of God. I have to reflect the love of God to them. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm ever going to talk to them, but reflect the love of God to them, even in prayers and thoughts, so that God, that light can shine on them. And yeah, they, they may scamper for darkness but they may be drawn to the light and repent and while I will you know that doesn't change anything as far as what my job is it 
does change their spiritual situation significantly Mm -hmm. for eternity. And it should. So, yes, God got angry in the Old Testament. God got angry in the New Testament. I mean, you know, Jesus was angry when he was cleaning out the temple, but I'm pretty sure that not only was God sad and upset, but he was angry when at the crucifixion, even though it was exactly what he knew needed to happen. It was the plan of what had to happen. You know, you don't rip a 12-inch thick piece of hand-woven material that's 40 foot tall down the center. It would take 100 oxen to do it unless you're upset. You don't cause an earthquake and, you know, an eclipse and that wasn't scheduled that actually was, you know, they didn't anticipate it, but it, there was an eclipse that was, that fell, you know, coincidentally, right, <laughs> right then. And, and an earthquake and, you know, God was upset. He was upset at the, the, the condition of the world. I mean, God was upset back in the time of Noah. And the only thing that saved humanity then was because Noah was righteous. And he wasn't perfect. So, humanity's not perfect. We're not perfect. But we can still talk to God and we can convince him, hey, you know, what, what's everybody going to think if you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, what are these other nations going to think if you wipe out the, your children? What's, what's, you know, what? <laughs> and God probably will listen. He's reasonable. Now, he may also turn around and say, yeah, but what about you? <laughs> You're like, uh, whoops. Okay, <laughs> it's a two-way street. You start having conversations with God, he might tell you things about yourself, too. Mm-hmm. Not any mind about it. He will tell you things about yourself. <laughs> but, yeah, that's just part of life. So, I guess the, the whole point is, as Christians, as anybody who has a relationship with God, we can come to him and say, whoa, God, your reaction, while completely justified, might be a little bit overboard. (laughs) And he'll listen to us. Mm -hmm. God created us so that we could have those kind of conversations with him. That's why we have free will. The angels can't have those conversations with him. The angels are yes men mm-hmm. in that regard. But we can say, wait a minute, God, what? What? And he'll listen. That's why he created us. That's why we're all different, because we see things from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. That's why we have the unique perspective that we have, so that we can say, God, I... I understand, but I see this too. Did you look at it from that perspective? 
And of course, God did, but sometimes you want somebody to point it out. Mm -hmm. So, just think about that. When you're in a situation and you're in prayer and something comes to mind and you're like, well, do whatever. Or maybe you should say, well, God, is that really what you want to do? Because I, sometimes I think that that's all God wants us to do is say, is that really what you want to do? Because then you might say, well, no, what I really want to do is have some, have somebody, usually you, do this and, and then I'm going to save all of them in a miraculous fashion. And, you know, then miracles happen. Mm -hmm. So we just have to be prayerful about that. I mean, I'm going to be prayerful about it. I don't even know exactly, you know, but I just know that we have that, that God wants to have that kind of relationship with us. And I know that I'm not necessarily there, but we, we can be there. We can talk to him about stuff like that. So Jesus, I just ask that you'd help. I plead the blood, I rebuke the devil, I lift the shield of faith. I pray that the right... I, message will come across lord i know i'm i'm not a very good deliverer of your messages but i'm trying to try my best to to get across the points that you want across so mm -hmm. lord i just ask you that you would uh help the listeners of this that they would hear the right nuances the right words that i may not even recognize but you do lord and i thank you and praise you and bless you amen thank you for listening to sunday morning podcast from church without walls of greer south carolina if you have any questions or you need more information please feel free to reach out to jonathan.wagner at intheupstate.net. If you'd like to subscribe, please do so on whatever channel you found this podcast. And reach out to me or anyone if you have questions about Christianity.